The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. My first guest this morning is a Wexford woman who's celebrating her brother's milestone birthday by completing 50,000 steps in a day. Aileen Kyo lost her brother Podrick to suicide a number of years ago and she joins me this morning to tell us more about him and why he's, she is stepping out for his 50th birthday on April 30th. You're very welcome, Aileen. Thanks, thanks, Orly. Thanks a million. Is celebrating the wrong word, or do you, do you want to celebrate Podrick? Um, yeah. Well, anyone that knew Podrick um, knew um, the one thing he loved was a good party, and <laughs> he loves celebrating. He, he absolutely loves celebrating his birthdays. So I so said this year we've been fifty. We want to obviously um, give give him a good party, and also remember him as well. Okay, so you are celebrating him and remembering him on a, what would be his fiftieth birthday. Yeah. Okay. And also um we're doing it for I'm doing it for Podrick obviously, but I'm obviously doing it for I want to do it for people that are dealing with mental health each day and people that have been touched through suicide as well. Okay. And you've set yourself quite a challenge with this. Fifty thousand steps in one day. That's about five or six hours of walking if I'm right. Why <coughs> this challenge in particular? Um, yeah, it's roughly it's about forty four kilometers, so okay, um, wow. it's a it's a it's a it's a lot of steps. Yeah. But um, I I just wanted to do something obviously for Podrick, and I'm doing it as well for people with mental health have to go through a challenge, and that's kind of the main reason. Obviously for fifty thousand because he's fifty, mm-hmm. but. I just want to show that people mental health have to go through a challenge and I'm actually I'm going to be starting out on my own um, just like people with mental health have to start their journey unfortunately that they feel like they're on their own and so I'm going to be doing about the first five or six thousand steps on my own but then I'm going to be coming back and my family and friends are going to be joining me along the way just kind of like mental health people if you do speak out and get the help that your friends and family will be there for you yeah. and obviously it's not going to be it'll, it will be tough it'll be tough physically and emotionally but um, I know people will give me a push when I need when I need it and hopefully we'll get over the finish line at some stage God fair play to you so 45 kilometres about have you a route decided? Um, yeah the route is I'm actually going to start down in um, a place called Cahor or if any of your listeners okay, know lovely. it know it's just um, it's a lovely spot and as some suppose sometimes myself if you know everyone struggles for mental health we all have bad days especially the last three years have been tough on everyone and I suppose it's a place where I go kind of as my safe haven mm. um, if I'm ever feeling a bit down or whatever and it just um, you have the sea air there you have the lovely beach and it just kind of relaxes me anyway so that's why I'm starting down there then I'm coming back home um, to just outside Gory called Springmount okay. and then we're heading over to Camon and we're just going to go into the graveyard in Ballyuchter and just light a candle for Podrick okay. and then we're heading to Camon and to Gory and back around so wow, um, we'll be out and about so anyone will. that wants to join us anyone that wants to join us on the day or even just give us a shout out um, please do it's not just for Podrick as I said it's for people with mental health mm-hmm. so the more the merrier on the day Tell us about Podrick where did he come in your family? Yeah, well, actually, there was only me and Podrick, okay. so there was, and um, yeah, um, I there's actually twelve years between me and Podrick. Mm-hmm. So, um, apparently, uh, when I was born, he was only over the moon to finally get this <laughs> this great baby sister that he got. Oh. And um, so the story goes, apparently, I wasn't the quietest of babies, and but Podrick was always in his element, wheeling me up and down the yard to try and keep me try and keep me quiet. But um, 
the only unfortunate thing was I only got to spend 13 years with mm. him, which was far too little because in them 13 years, he really was um, a great big brother. He um, he would have done anything for you and he'd always make you laugh. And even growing up, he'd teach you a lot as well. And he was a great, he really was a great example. And even just talking to people there now, like anyone that is talking about him, just saying how loyal he was. And if you ever needed anything, you could just ring him and he would have been there for you or whatever people needed. He'd always be there for you, no matter what. So you were only 13 when he died by suicide. Can can you remember yeah. him having mental health issues or... No, like at the time I was only 13 and back then I was just talking to a friend of mine and we were just saying that back then it was really the first tragedy in our community mm. and obviously I didn't really, really understand at that age what actually had happened and but I did know obviously it just completely broke my, my mother and my father and myself of course because literally I used to go everywhere with him he used mm. to be bringing me off in his car and going to matches and everything so it just it was I didn't really understand what happened but obviously as the years went on there was more tragedies in the community Mm -hmm. and just to realise then like obviously I just thought Podrick was a fun kind of guy and um, just good fun but obviously he had issues there that um, none of us really knew about which is heartbreaking really but um, hopefully by doing this I'll help other families and maybe other people that are suffering quietly that they'll come out to speak to somebody and he, he's missed so much in the past 25 years, obviously, as well, in your family and all the different milestones. How do you think of him now when you think of him? Um, yeah, well, even it's actually like it's bittersweet really doing this, doing this walk, because in the last few probably months, so many of his friends from Podrick studied agriculture science in college. Mm. He really had, always had a love of farming. And like even all his college friends have all come out and supported this. And like, it's just great to see that so many of his friends, even from when he used to work, he was working in Kilkenny before he's passed. And um, everyone has just given such great support. And it's just like, it's just great to see that he had so many close friends. But then on the other side is, is if he had a spoke to one of them friends, maybe things could have been different. And, you know, obviously a lot has happened in the last 25 years, but I know he's always there by my side and think hopefully he'll be there by my side on the day and my father will be by my side as well mm-hmm. so my father passed away three years unfortunately oh, after Podrick as well okay so it's just uh, myself and my mother but um um fingers crossed on the day he'll be by my side and hopefully he'll 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 get the sun to shine on the day as well I'm sure he will I'm sure he will so the the big day is April 30th um you're raising funds for both Pieta House and Talk to Tom which are two phenomenal services um Tell us a little bit about why you chose those. Of course, Talk to Tom is based where you are in Gorey and County Wexford. So why did you choose those? Yeah, um, well, PA House and Talk to Tom, they've always been really close to my heart because um, obviously when Podrick was 25 years ago and he passed, there wasn't really that much service for mental health around but now thankfully there is and um, Talk to Tom was set up in Gory in 2012 and they do absolutely brilliant work and um, they have a lovely little place down just in Gory and like the help they're doing a lot of work to do with mental health and obviously to prevent suicide but they also do a range of programs to educate people mm-hmm. about mental health which I think at the moment is important that people can um, kind of educate themselves and realise what's people are going through 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, you have an I Donate page and that page is idonate.com and you can search there. Um, it's called Stepping It Out for Podrig's 50th if you want to search. You yeah. have some lovely photos of yourself and Podrick up there as well, Aileen, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no, if, if anyone that knows Podrick and myself, I kind of was like a little shadow to him. <laughs> like I used to go everywhere with him and he used to look, he was great into the motorbikes and cars and like um, even all his, like his friends, um, they've always been there for me, even after Podrick passed, like they've always kind of stuck by me and my mum and it's great that they're still there. And even um, Podrick used to be bringing us around in his little Peugeot 105 and <laughs> he loves just bringing me and my friends on day trips and the like. So uh, it was great to have the photos and That's great lovely. memories. And look, it's it will be a bittersweet day, but we want to um, throw him a party because he always, as I said, loved a good party. Good stuff. Well, that's what you are doing. You're celebrating your brother's 50th birthday. And in doing so, you're remembering 25 years after he died. If you want to donate to what Aileen is doing, it's idonate.com and search Stepping It Out for Podrick's 50th and she's raising funds for both Pieta House and Talk to Tom. They're both her chosen charities. Um, you're starting out in Cahore. You're doing the cliff walk then in Cahore. Is that how you're doing it? Yeah, or? doing the cliff walk in Cahore and then about nine o'clock I'll be coming back to my house and we're going from my house to Camolin, Camolin into Gory and Gory to Courtown and then back around okay, to brilliant. my so house. What time are you setting off at then? Um, well, myself, I'm going to go down to Cahore about probably about seven o'clock. Lovely. Um, be back for eight, and then my friends and family are meeting me in my house then, and we're going to set off, and people are joining me in different stages of the walk. Okay. Well, look, best of luck with your forty-five to fifty kilometers. Is that what you said it would be if you oh, get to that fin- many? Yes. Okay. All right. Fingers yeah, crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And please come out and join us because we're hoping to have a, a great day of fun with. Brilliant. Thanks a million for joining me, Aileen. That is Aileen, who will be completing 50,000 steps in one day. That day is April the 30th, and it's all to remember her brother, Podrick, who would have been 50 um, this month of April. Aileen, best of luck with everything, and thanks a million for joining me on the Sunday That's Grill great. this morning. Thanks, Arlette. Thanks again. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. And it was, there was great excitement in Wexford this week, especially on Monday morning when we started to hear that a certain Hollywood actor who's known for taking his top off in movies was in Wells House in North County Wexford. Sabine Rosler is the woman behind Wells House and she's on the phone to tell us more. Hey, Sabine. Hi, Orla, how are you? I'm very well. I never thought I'd be talking to you on the phone about Channing Tatum, to tell you the truth. No, no. <laughs> and I mean, it was a huge surprise for us. So how did this happen? Well, we had, we had um, a request for a VIP to visit. Okay. Has that how, does that sort of started. thing happen usually? or? Um, no, it's the first time like that has happened. Like sometimes okay. we would have private visitors and they would come. Um, but But this was the first... VVVIP, we were told okay. that was coming. Okay. Um, and obviously, we didn't know who it was. Oh, right. Okay. They just tell so, you it's someone very, very important. Yes. So it could yeah, have been Michael yeah. D. Higgins, for example. <laughs> exactly. No, we had no idea. No idea. We, know I, okay. we had no idea. Okay. So what happens? He so, rocks up. He Yes, he was. Now, we got an agenda the evening before. Okay. So he arrived at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and um, we met him at the at the front door. So um, we knew that he, it was a private visit. He was here with his family. So we wanted him to be able to switch off and enjoy his private time and obviously Wells. Okay. 
So, yeah. So we brought him in for coffee first. Lovely. Um, then he went on the fairy walk. Lovely. And then he went to the animal farm. Okay. And he spent he spent a long time in the animal farm. He loved it. Great. And, and he had his per, a, a particular uh, um, love of the meerkats, didn't he? Because he posted yes, that on his Instagram. Yes, he did. Mm. Because he said, and on the way over, he had said like that he had watched Meerkat Manor. Okay. And he was obsessed with that. It was obviously a programme that was running. So, um, yes, he did. He loved the meerkats and they loved him. Okay. How, how lovely for him. So tell me. I know. Like, did you know who it was before he arrived? Like, I would have a terrible panic that a VVIP would come to my door and I'd be like, who is this? Who yeah, is this well, there was, an, there was an element of that. So okay. once we got the agenda, we did know. Okay, good stuff. So you could... Google them and find out, you know, little bits and bobs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to admit to that now. <laughs> so tell me, is he as attractive in real life as he looks on, on the big screen? Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's very charming. He's he's very attractive. He's tall. Um, yeah, tall and good looking. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And he got a private time at Wells House, which is usually very yes, busy. Okay. Um, yeah, now Saturday morning, there was a concern about that. Okay. But Saturday morning then we would be quieter. Now in saying that, um, there was uh, there was families here and they did recognise him. Ah, okay. So people were, it was still open to the public. It was just that you oh, were yes. trying to keep it as private as possible for him. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. So he was asked for photographs but declined. Oh, did he? Okay. And then right. I declined on his behalf as well. Okay, good stuff. And like, you were all over the news on Monday morning because he posted the picture in, at Wells with and his meerkat. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and we 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 would never have said we you know it was a private visit and we would have kept it private. Mm-hmm. But then obviously once he put up the post and it was everybody else had it. Okay. Yeah. And did he go anywhere else? Because he seems to have only been at Wells. I've heard of him going nowhere else in Wexford. No, he left here. He came down here and then he went back. And I, he was flying out that evening. Ah, okay. So whistle stop so, tour. Yeah, so he was flying. He was flying out that evening, as far as far as I'm aware. Okay. How exciting you know, so, for you as well. Y- yeah, yeah. He also then had afternoon tea in the big house, and then he did the tour. Oh, lovely! So he got to see inside the big house at Wells as well. Yes, he did. He loved the house. Yeah, Fab. yeah. So he loved it. Lovely. What a nice experience Great. on the run up to what must be a busy time for you at Wells House on the run up to Easter. Sabine, are you are you busy? Busy. Yes, we are, and we're delighted to be able to um, host Easter Sunday again. Lovely. What are you doing um, today? So we're doing. We have um, the Easter Bunny. Oh, lovely! And then we have riddles to be solved as part of our hunt. Okay. And there's live music and a barbecue on the terrace gardens, and then obviously we have the uh, animal farm, the meerkats, and um, the meerkat. The meerkat experiences are flying thanks to. So what's the meerkat experience? I've only ever seen them in their in their little areas. You can you can a family can book. Ah, okay. Um, and then you go into the enclosure with them, mm-hmm. and then you feed them and play because they love um, the interaction. So you're feeding them the mealworms, and they're on your lap or they're up on your shoulder or they're then because they're very playful. Lovely. So that, and you and have you do you know which one Channing had in his arms? I don't. Now I'm the wrong one to ask that now. 
<laughs> probably oh, best that we cat. don't know, Sabine. It's probably best <laughs> that we don't know, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've lots going on today, as you said, at Wells House with your Easter egg hunt and uh, the Easter bunny being there as well. And open all through the week as well for the rest of the Easter holidays, we are, I presume. We're open full time again now. That's and great. then uh, with activities for the entire holidays. This year we have an interactive children's house tour as well. Oh, lovely. Okay. So, yeah, so that that's going down well. The Build-A-Bear and then the, we have a guided tour through the ancient woodlands. We're lucky enough to have ancient woodlands. Great. Well, wellshouse.ie is the website. You don't need to be as VVIP as Channing Tatum to enjoy Wells House in County no, Wexford. Everybody's welcome and we love welcoming the visitors so, and hopefully we'll get good weather yes fingers crossed I mean thanks a million for talking to me and telling me all about and thank you very Channing much dating. it's great to talk to you again okay thank you The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 It's the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103 and April is IBS Awareness Month it's a condition that one in five Irish people suffer from and 700 million people worldwide with women twice as likely to suffer as men The Awareness Month is setting out to break the stigma associated with IBS which of course is Irritable Bowel Syndrome Irish pharmacist Laura Dowling aka the Fabulous Pharmacist believes that speaking out about this is a very positive thing and she joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to discuss. You're very welcome Laura. Thank you for having me. Now that's a stark figure isn't it? 700 million people worldwide suffer from IBS and I'm I'm sure it's a hard one to even talk about because of what it is. Yeah it is although you know I've been 20 years out working in in community pharmacy as a pharmacist so we're definitely, we've come a long way since I first came out as a pharmacist. We're much more open to discussing bowel movements, etc. And, and you know, the, the diarrhea and constipation that can come with, with IBS. So there's definitely more awareness, but we can always do more by making it a much more um, palatable subject to talk about, I suppose. Mm, and I even see that it's getting some traction over on TikTok as well. It's kind of getting a moment in the spotlight with hashtags like hot girls with IBS and all hot I girls know. have stomach problems. I, I know it's <gasps> tongue in cheek, but I suppose if you start talking about things, that's when people might see that they're not alone. Absolutely. And the the, the lovely thing about TikTok is I haven't, I haven't ventured over to that myself yet. I'm, I'm purely don't, Instagram. It's Facebook, a rabbit hole. A rabbit hole you don't want to go down. <laughs> well, I, I just haven't posted. I know myself, so I've watched it with my own kids and you can just you spend hours going oh, down. Hours. Some of those things are really, really yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's great that it's on there and that like people are talking about it now because I suppose the symptoms are hard to talk about, aren't they? Like, what are those symptoms? Yeah, so the symptoms are, they can be quite non-specific. So it can be, you know, diarrhea and or constipation, depending on the day. Uh, bloating can be very severe. So bloating to the point that someone looks like they're eight months pregnant almost, that they yeah. can't fit into their clothes. Um, cramping and pain are, are also symptoms. So what I would say to people is it's very important that they are experiencing regular GIT symptoms like, like this, that they, they really need to go and get checked out in order to outrule anything that's more sinister than IBS, say. Okay. And, and once that is outruled and, 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 you know, IBS has been diagnosed, then they can try and properly manage the condition. But it is very important that they go and get checked out first. Okay, and GIT, that's gastro symptoms, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah gastrointestinal tract symptoms, yeah. So okay. any kind of... Got symptoms that they might experience. It's really important that they that they go and get seen to you, and don't just 
say, oh, well, you know, that must be IBS because that looks like the symptoms of IBS. It could also be the symptoms of other of other illnesses and that. So it's just really, really important that they get checked out. I hear people saying sometimes, I think without diagnosing themselves, I have a bit of IBS. Do you find that, I you know. know, that someone might be yeah, a bit bloated and they, yeah, and they'll decide. I don't think there's any such thing as a touch of IBS, is there? No, you either have it or you don't. Mm. Like some people can get more severe symptoms than others. But I think the best way to track it, if you think that you might possibly have it, is to have a food diary, uh, you know, e- even a food and lifestyle diary, where basically you're writing down on a daily basis what you're eating, what you're doing, uh, and how your symptoms are. And then you can directly link back symptoms then to foods that you've eaten. So say you go out on a Friday night and have a big plate of curry and a couple of glasses of wine and then a beer, and then you feel like in the heat the next day, you could quite possibly link that that back to to um, to the food that you had so and the drink as well. So they, that can be important. But the food diary can be a really important way to track your IBS and to find out your trigger points. You know, on, on my Instagram page, Fabulous Pharmacist, I would get lots of people messaging me saying, oh my goodness, you know, I had a curry last night and, and, and my IBS has just shot up and I'm really bloated. What can I take to, to, to you know, get it down? So I think that it's very important that first and foremost that, that people do that because once you know the triggers, you can avoid them. Okay. And is it as simple as, you know, like, you know, curry could upset your stomach anyway if you had IBS or didn't. So is it as simple as something that's quite spicy and quite strong or could really mild foods trigger some people's IBS? Yeah, some people's pasta will trigger it. Mm. You know, if someone eats pasta, they, you know, and that's not saying that they're they're even, that they're not, that they're, that's not saying that they're celiac or suggestive of that, but just pasta could, could trigger it. Even, you know, white rice can trigger it in some people. Bread can trigger it in others. Beer in others. So, as I said, it's it's about kind of keeping track of that. Even even in certain instances, like citrus fruits can, can trigger, you know, um, uh, an episode of mm. it as well. So, people will know themselves, and we're also different as well. And um, that it's important that they they really drill down into what what's right for them and, and how best to, to to manage their symptoms. Okay, and as we said at the start, women are twice as likely to suffer from it than men. Why is that? Do we think? God, as if we didn't have enough to be worrying about. <laughs> <laughs> it's hormonal. It's hormonal, okay. just like everything. Just like everything, female related. A lot of it's hormonal. Mm. We have hormonal fluctuations throughout the month, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and then which can be attributed, which IBS can be attributed to, and then during pregnancy, you know, the hormones are all over the place, and then also men- when we when we're perimenopause, postmenopause as well, it can it can flare too. So it, it can be very much linked to our hormones, which obviously in females can be you know are, are fluctuating all the time. So so that's that's probably why that it's linked to women. But yeah, certainly one in um, one in two. Oh, sorry, women suffer the most from it. They're twice as likely more to suffer from it than okay. than men. And um, it's important as well that people learn to manage. That try to learn to manage their stress levels. It's very easy to say learn to manage your stress levels, isn't it? But I think that if people really try, I really try and find um, ways that they makes them feel good, makes them, you know, good for their soul, mm. whether it be doing some yoga, doing some breathing, going for a walk, getting away from the family. <laughs> I know myself sometimes, mm-hmm. I need a bit of a break from everyone. So really important that people look after themselves in that sense. And oftentimes, you know, we've, we've all learned about the gut-brain axis, how the gut affects the brain and vice versa. So if you can manage your mind and kind of try and learn to, to calm down, take a little step down as well from, from all the stress and strains of daily life, your IBS may, may be better managed too. Okay. And you have some great tips up on your Instagram, Fabulous Pharmacist, if people want to find it there. Um, 
Give us some of those tips. It, it is about kind of homemade foods, but you can take a probiotic and things like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So a probiotic is, is live bacteria. Now, our gut is full of live bacteria. It's full mm. of, it has 100 trillion bacteria in any given day, would you believe? So it's, it's really populated with them. Now, we're only really scratching the surface on, on, on the goodness of all this bacteria, but mm. certainly I see people coming into the pharmacy, you know, on a regular basis, buying a product such as Alpharex, which is very good for live bacteria, good for good for those symptoms as well, good for gut health. And people will see that their symptoms do ease when when they take it. Sometimes they disappear completely. Okay, but I think wow. it's important to give it a good a good. Yeah, I know it's 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 great, but it's important to give it a good stab. You know, it may not happen overnight, but certainly if they're taking it for two to three weeks, they they, they may see the benefit of it. And then also you can get live bacteria in your natural yogurt, mm-hmm. in your fermented foods such as kefir. We're not amazing in Ireland with our fermented foods the way they are in say the likes of Poland and that mm-hmm. where they they they. they they jar up all their vegetables and they, they, they have the in the summertime and they have to eat, to eat them the fermented vegetables in the wintertime. But we're getting there. But even things like kombucha and kefir and things like that, all excellent for, for gut health, all full of natural bacteria as well. OK, good stuff. And that's what it's about when you have IBS, trying to get a healthy gut or as healthy as you can. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, start even from trying to cook foods with, with really good basic ingredients like, you know, fruits and vegetables and you know, I've been doing a little bit of talking around this lately and I think it's also easy for us to say, oh, cook something from scratch and, and make sure, you know, you're cooking homemade meals. But I suppose with busy lifestyles and that, sometimes people might think that that's too hard to do mm. or they may never, they may have, ne- they may live in a house where they've never seen a, a, a food, food cooked from scratch too. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to, we need a, a whole new level of, of educating people on how to cook really simple, basic meals from scratch. Um, from, from a young age, let's start at school going age so, so people learn from a very young age how to do it. And it can be simple as, you know, chopping up with your vegetables and, and making a quick stir fry, yeah, which exactly. can be much better for you than a processed food that, you know, that you, you know you just put in the oven and, and away you go. So, yeah, all those all those things are really important to, to understand as well. Okay, great. Some great tips there. And um, because this month, April, is IBS Awareness Month. If you want to head over to uh, Laura's Instagram, it's Fabulous Pharmacist. And you have a few reels up there with tips for gut health and some and lots of other information there as well. Laura, thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, the Walton Institute and Mulligan's Pharmacy have launched the Waterford Greenway mobile app. This free app is an augmented reality app and it helps users to explore the 46 kilometres of car-free pathway stretching from the historic Waterford city to the beautiful seaside town of Dungarvan in West Waterford in County Waterford. Jim Prendergast is a business development executive in Walton which is WIT's research wing um, and he joins me this morning to tell us more about the app in a really untechy way Jim okay when we're talking no about virtual reality. <laughs> virtual reality no, augmented reality, is that what we call it? Yeah. yeah. It's augmented reality, or AR, to shorten it. And it can be quite confusing with AR and VR. Yeah. Um, out here in, in Walton, we have a research unit known as the Mobile Ecosystem Pervasive Sensing, Ooh. or MEPS, to shorten okay. that. And within that, we have a thematic team, virtual reality and AR, known as the Mixed Reality Lab. But just to highlight the differences, I suppose, virtual reality is everything that we see that's a computer that's graphic imagery. And augmented reality is very similar to CGI as well. Okay. But we're able to bring real, bring those elements into real life. Okay. And hence why we see that on the Greenway. So you so, know when we see people with the 
things over their eyes, you know, the things that look like binoculars over oh, strapped yeah. to their eyes. Yes, at the VR headsets. Yeah, That's the, virtual the, reality, the is it? That's virtual reality, okay. absolutely, yeah. So yeah, what's then, the difference of augmented reality then? So augmented reality is what, what we see in front of our eyes or through a device like a phone. Okay. We bring that element into the real life. So you can imagine if you're on the greenway, let's say, okay, and um, just the fairy doors on the fairy forest along the greenway. Mm. A parent or a child, um, big or small child, uh, and I mean that by six years of age, 26 years of age, mm-hmm. they can hold up their phone to where they are in the fairy forest. They can look at the fairy forest door and actually a fairy will appear. Oh, lovely. So that's what we call, yeah, ah, so that's an image. See, okay, yeah, that's so you need to be reality. on the Greenway for this app? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, good stuff. Um, that's something completely different to what I thought it was, Jim. And I'm glad that you explained it like that because it can be quite confusing. And the Greenway is a lovely place to be. So you don't want to be sitting on your sofa virtually seeing the Greenway. This augments your Greenway experience. Absolutely. And like when you, you allude to there being on the sofa and that, and this is a whole point, this makes the whole experience much more interactive mm. and now opens the Greenway in a new light. So it's not just... And I don't mean kids just going for a boring walk with the family, but it gives a new experience totally for the family. They can bring the little ones. They can show the little ones along the Greenway, the four different locations, Mm -hmm. which are, of course, the Woodstown Viking site, the Fairy Forest, as I mentioned, Kilmeadon Castle and the Heritage Railway at Waterford and Shore Valley. Okay. But going on the Greenway now is not just about cycling and walking for those families. And of Mm -hmm. course, the the main point is the health and well-being it now brings a bit of historical culture in, into it and education because these four sites, may, the kids may not know about them, but now through this immersive experience, they will learn to know about them, the Viking tent, the Viking tools, and all about the Viking history along the Greenway. Okay, so there's four points, as you said, so four areas that you can use this app that you can download. Correct, yeah. Okay. So the Woodsound Viking site, okay. uh, the Fairy Forest, yeah. And the, now the Fairy Forest, they're located on, there's fairy doors located on a number of mm-hmm. paths on the Greenway. So that, you know, that, that, that location is not set to the exact location. Kilmeadon Castle, of course, and then Waterford and Shore Valley Heritage Railway. Okay. So there'll be 3D models when people download the app. Now, it's only available in the Apple Store at the moment, Orla, mm-hmm. but we will be rolling that out to uh, Google Android and the Google Play Store in the near future. Okay, good stuff. And you're based in yeah. Waterford, so what a great place to do this in your home city and home county. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the Walton is located, the Walton Institute, as you mentioned earlier, we're a, an R&D arm of WIT, soon, of course, to be at the Southeast Technology mm-hmm. University, uh, mm-hmm. SETU. And we're located out here in the west and in the west campus in Carriganore. The Greenway is lo- literally located outside outside our front door. So that thankfully now that we are back in the offices, you'll see many people at lunchtime going down on the Greenway, getting out for the fresh bit of air while they can. Mm-hmm. And what better way to, than it's something like a amenity like that on your doorstep to walk out and then bring your family along, bring the little ones along and get them immersed in the experience. And look, this can be, like there's loads of different sites around water that this can be rolled out to, and indeed in the southeast in general. And why did you choose the four sites that you did along the Greenway? Because there is so many highlights of the Greenway. It must have been a hard one to choose four just. Yeah, I suppose the four the four that we chose were probably going to be, in terms of actual augmented reality, were probably the four simplest. Mm. So there were going to be the likes of the Viking tools, the Viking tent, um, just the fairy forest as well. There, in terms of actual developing the group, the app itself, these are going to be easier to render as three D assets compared to some other, uh, I suppose sites along along the route. 
Okay. At first, but now that we have those developed, we now have the you know we have the base and the foundation to I suppose identify and create what we wanted to create, and now we can really drive that on along the rest of the greenway. Okay, so you can add to it if you need to, or what? Absolutely, to. yeah. Okay, lovely. yeah. If we want to, we can. We can start. I mean, and look, that'll start to come on with the demand as well. You'll start to see. I mean, four sites. We will want to improve on that. Roll it out between six and ten sites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is just so much to see and so much history at the viaducts and in the tunnel and stuff like that, isn't there? Ah, it's a fantastic look. The Greenway is. It's been a major success story um, mm-hmm. in, in, within the country. We see how many other counties and parts of Ireland have started to cop- not not copy the Greenway, but really mm. they've used the Greenway as as the map to, to really drive it on in their own areas. So yeah, absolutely, we need to. What do you hope people will get from this app when when they download it? What is it an educational tool, an entertainment tool? Well, if I can say that, it's actually it's nearly three in one. Or first of all, the fact that it's it's, it's I suppose your health is your wealth, so it's, it's it's trying to get out there. It's bringing mm. kids along that. It's giving families a much more immersive experience. So you can say in one way, yeah, absolutely, entertainment and after such thing as health entertainment under the under the one umbrella. But secondly, then of course as well, it's to bring the historical culture of the Greenway. I suppose to the little ones as well and mm. just making more awareness to the people in the area and, and, and to adults as well and parents that these look places exist along the Greenway that's not just the Greenway path from water down to Dungarvan that there's lots of experience along the route so yeah really and truly it's making all of us aware of what's actually on the Greenway Lovely. I have the app downloaded here and you can see um, it's tried to open my camera, but obviously can't notice anything here in the studio in beat. But you've lots of pointers along the way. And then when you get to the certain sections, then people will know that they can use the camera sections there. And so it's quite self-explanatory, isn't it? Yeah, look, it really is. I mean, once you download the app, all you need to do is enable access to the camera on your phone. You'll be able to pick the camera itself will pick up the location. The location services are enabled. And the AR appearances and the 3D assets will start to appear as they go along the route. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see. To see In the future, too, we'll be hoping to add QR codes at the various locations oh, as well. So that will just make it nice and simple for people to go up, scan the code. Away you go. It'll open up automatically. Yeah, and great. Good stuff. Lovely. Well, as you said, it's available to download to just Apple at the moment, but you're hoping to get it to Android. If you just search Waterford Greenway AOR, it should download onto your Apple device and it's fairly self-explanatory once it's on your device. Um, Jim, thanks a million for joining me this morning. And best Orla, of luck thank at you all. very much. Lovely to talk to you. That's thank you Jim Prendergrast. Hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah, let's, here's hoping and thanks a million. Hopefully we get some good weather to be out on the Greenway as well soon. Oh, absolutely, Orla. That's vitally important. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's Easter Sunday and you are listening to The Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103. Brian is here, so that can mean only one thing. It's movie time. What kind of an Easter egg did you get? I got a mini eggs Easter egg. Oh, my mm. child has had many of those many? over the last few weeks. Oh, yeah, damn. I only got the one. Because they're like a euro and I have eaten many of no, those. No, I got, I actually, not need, no need to brag, but I got the bigger one. <gasps> Do you know, like the Fancy. slightly bundles that's probably like three yeah. euro, yeah, maybe three even euro. a fiver, you know? Yeah. You know. Have you eaten it all? <laughs> I only started, but I only opened up that packet of mini eggs on the way in, like, you know? Nice, I do like a mini egg. Anyway, let us talk Fantastic Beasts. Fans of Harry Potter will know, of course, that the third in the Harry Potter prequel is out now. This time we get the scoop on everyone's favourite professor, Albus Dumbledore. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Brian went to see Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Let's have a listen to a clip before he gives us his thoughts. 
If you listen carefully enough, the past whispers to you. We're here to see Albus Dumbledore. That would be my brother. The world as we know it is coming undone. Grindelwald is pulling it apart with hate. If we're to defeat him, you'll have to trust me. This is the team that's going to take down the most dangerous wizard in over a century. A magizoologist, his indispensable assistant. A wizard descended from a very old family, a school teacher. A muggle. There you go. That is a clip from Fantastic Beasts, uh, number three. Number th- I, like I didn't even didn't this this all kind of went over my head. Are you a Harry Potter fan? I'm I'm a Harry Potter fan. I'm not really a Fantastic Beasts fan. Okay, so were you the child who read all the books no, and went I, to all the movies? I didn't read anything. I didn't read a single <laughs> Harry Potter book. I Why saw the movies. Me? Uh, I saw the movies. I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not like one of the Harry Potter fans that's like obsessive Harry Potter fan. I'm like, okay. I like the movies. I think they're great. Okay. So um, this stars Mads Mikkelsen and yes. a little bit of controversy there. Johnny Depp was meant to take this role. Yeah. A he, week into production. Sayonara. So he was Johnny Depp. Okay. So Colin Farrell was originally this oh. person, right? Okay. And then this person in, a movie. in the first movie. Okay. And at the end of the first movie, it turns out that he is Grindelwald, who was played by Johnny Depp at the end of the first one. Okay. Johnny Depp played so we were him. never meant to see Colin Farrell again. He Colin Farrell was gone. Into yeah. Grindelwald. Yeah, okay. So Johnny Depp was in the second one. Mm-hmm. And now Maz Mikkelsen is him in the third one. Okay. But like, so he's already been the ca- the same character has been three actors. Okay. All right. Uh, Jude Law is in this as well. Jude Law and Eddie Redmayne as well. Um, so for the uninitiated to Harry Potter, i.e. me, Fantastic Beasts is a direct prequel to the Harry Potter film series. It takes place in 1920. So it's decades before the main Harry Potter. So yeah. no mention of anything to do with Harry Potter in these. Well, there's, there's Hogwarts. It's kind yeah, of the main but thing. But no yeah. like, there's well, no, like, Harry. Or... Yeah, there's yeah. no like, oh, Harry will be around in a while. And I was like, no, no, it's like <laughs> 70 years before it's set. I was looking at the cinema listings in Gory for this movie and it's been shown almost every 45 minutes during the week. Um, and five showings today. Like, it's great for cinemas after such an awful two years. But, but is that magic of Harry Potter and Fantastic Series still alive? Yeah, I think I think you gotta you gotta separate this from the Harry Potter franchise okay. as to not bring the Harry Potter franchise down. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like the first the first Fantastic Beasts I loved. I thought it was great. I thought it was great fun. I liked the characters. They're all new. It was great setting. You know. But now it just doesn't. It's just, it's like, it should have been a series rather than movies, you know? Okay, so it should have been a television series. Yeah, because right. like, there's there's these small setups, like, the second movie and the third movie now are kind of setting up for more, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas the Harry Potter movies, there was a story, and then that story got complete, but also it was building up to a bigger thing. This is literally just kind of, kind of like, so there was Fantastic Beasts, the first one. Then the Fantastic Beasts, the Crimes of Grindelwald was the second one. That was kind of just introducing the bad guy, essentially. And then it was like, just ca- gradually, just building up. There's so it no, sounds like, like a Marvel movie to me, in a way. It's it sounds like 
part of a Marvel movie. Mm. Do you know, it, it, like, it genuinely, like, the first one should have been a movie. The second two, I feel like, should have just been the first okay. two thirds of a series. Like, so you know? we're meeting different characters and every, it's, it's kind of focusing on one character in each of these movies. Is that right? Not really. So Eddie Redmayne was originally the main character of Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Because, like, Fantastic Beasts, he was a kind of, he's a magic zoologist, essentially. A wizard right. zoologist. And he goes around and, like, finds all these different animals and makes sure they're safe. You know, so it's like Fantastic Beasts, like he should be the main main Mm. guy, but it's kind of deviated to be like, oh, this is what early magic town people are like, you know. So now it's like they've introduced Dumbledore. I think it's just to have like, oh, Dumbledore. I know Dumbledore. It's like who else can be in it? Like McGonagall is in it, but like a young McGonagall, Uh and it's like, okay, I recognize these names, but it's like they're kind of just pushing it to see, like, yeah, it's like what else can we reference that's Mm. from seventy years before the main franchise, Mm. like you know. And were these books or were they just just written direct for screen? I think it was, it was a spin-off of one book. There was right. a Fantastic Beast somewhere to find yes. them was a book. Yes. And then that was a spin-off of that. But I just... The, the, the biggest problem I find is, do you know when you watch Harry Potter and... No, I don't know. Oh, really? Have you not Never seen any of them? in my life have I seen oh, Harry Orla. Potter. I know. It's a bit like... Remember I've said this before? Things that become huge, something... In my personality, says I'm not going to watch that. Ah, too I'm cool. Not go ah, too cool for school, huh? That's probably it. Yeah. Well, so That's basically, so true. <laughs> basically, in the in the Harry Potter movies, because Harry has not been in the magic world, when he experiences some new magic, we also experience it. Like you know, we're kind of the surrogate. Oh, okay, in. yes, so, like, I get you. When yeah. he goes to this like magic place, mm. we're also experiencing this magic place, and he's like, "That's really cool," and yeah. we're also like, "That's really cool." Okay. Whereas now these people live in this wizard world, like you know, they have like. A guy, Jacob, who is like a muggle, but I feel like he's just kind of thrown in mm. as that kind of audience surrogate type thing. Mm-hmm. But like they go to a place and magic happens and they're like, yeah, yeah this is just daily life. So then you're looking at it and you're like, oh, well, that's nothing then. Like, that's nothing to me. Whereas in Harry Potter, they do like one spell and they lift a feather off the ground. And you're like, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. how do they do that? But here they do like all sorts of magic. And it's it's just kind of like it's kind of like. So is it playing for laughs or playing for it's, entertainment almost? It's, it's not really. It's kind of like it's kind of like a drama, but there's ones in it instead of. I feel like ones are kind of just a stand-in for guns. If you just put in guns, it's just like it's a kind of a bad action movie, realistically. Okay, disappointing. And I yeah. hate when uh, I feel like I'm I'm very negative about it. Like it was it was fine, but it's just it was just so. It's just because there's so much potential, mm. you know. Okay. Sorry. Okay. And is it taking away from what Harry Potter was in a way, or, or as you said? You're able to stand back and say this has nothing to do with yeah. a series of movies that I loved. Well, like it's it's one of those things where there's there's supposed to be a fourth and fifth as well, like you know. Wow. So like they they went into this wanting to make five movies, but they kind of, it kind of doesn't look like they just had like how many movies can we make and then like we'll just fill in what will happen in them later on, like you know. Okay, and, put in and like there's a whole effects. thing as well, or like the whole Johnny Depp, Mads Mikkelsen thing. Um, Ezra Miller is he's like a pretty kind of controversial character at the minute and of course J.K. Rowling and everything going yeah. on with her mm. so it's like it's it's kind of already like a like unless the movie was brilliant and I just it just honestly really wasn't like you know has it kind of lost its magic pardon the pun uh, I think so like the director of this directed like I think three of the other four of the Harry Potter movies mm. so it's not as if he's not he's new to it but I just feel like I just feel like that the whole magic experience is lost because we're not experiencing it. Like, like I know it's kind of like everyone that's watched Harry Potter is probably one's going to see Fantastic Beasts, but it's just, it's not the same. It doesn't have the same kind of like, it's like, I feel like they wanted to recreate the magic rather than create a new one. And in the first movie, I feel like they created this new thing, but now they're trying to like bring it back to Hogwarts, whereas they could have 
really made their own thing out of it, like, you know. Okay, let Black Pudding it. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. What will you give it out of 10? I'd say, I'd say. You can, you don't need to be nice now. Five. <laughs> Is that a five? Five, I'm going to say five. five. I don't, like, it's just, uh, it's okay. Do you know, I yeah. went into it and I was like, I feel like this is going to be the kind of movie that's just okay. Was it busy? No. Oh. There was like maybe 10 people in oh, there. I'm disappointed to hear that. And like okay. this was only just after opening weekend yeah. I went to see it. Like, so okay. it's like, it's not as if like. So may, is the those, sheen gone a little bit? I those, those five screenings that you're mm. <laughs> saying that are on today. Mm. <laughs> they might have full little bit. But who knows with Easter holidays and stuff they might have just well, upped exactly. them because of that. But Okay. Fingers crossed for it. Uh, and for cinemas it is on across the country. It is called Fantastic Beasts, The Legend of Dumbledore. The Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Very easy to say. Mm, five black puddings out of ten from our Brian. Thanks a million. No bother. Talk to you next week. See you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.